hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It. In today's episode, I'm so excited because I get to talk to Peter Hollins, who's an incredible artist and creator. You may have seen some of his videos on YouTube. There's a link in the show notes. Today, we're going to talk about what goes into making those videos, as well as his online courses at Holland's Creator Academy. Peter's incredibly passionate about this project, and it shows. I feel like we're both cut from the same cloth, minus the singing, I wish. So this is a great, albeit slightly longer episode. We'll get into that next, but first, a word from our sponsors. This season of How I Built It is brought to you by two fantastic sponsors. The first is Liquid Web. If you're running a membership site, an online course, or even a real estate site on WordPress, you've likely already discovered many hosts that have optimized their platforms for a logged out experience, where they cache everything. Sites on their hardware are great for your sales and landing pages, but struggle when your users start logging in. At that point, your site is as slow as if you were on $3 hosting. Liquid Web built their managed WordPress platform optimized for sites that want speed and performance, regardless of whether a customer is logged in or logged out. Trust me on this, I've tried it out and it's fast, seriously fast. Now, with their single site plan, Liquid Web is a no-brainer for anyone whose site is actually part of their business and not just a site promoting their business. Check out the rest of the features on their platform by visiting them at buildpodcast.net slash liquidweb. That's buildpodcast.net slash liquidweb. It's also brought to you by Jilt. Jilt is the easiest way to recover abandoned shopping carts on WooCommerce, Easy Digital Downloads, and Shopify. Your e-commerce clients could be leaving literally thousands of dollars on the table and here's why. 70% of all shopping carts are abandoned prior to checkout. Yes, you heard that right. 70% of shoppers never make it to checkout. And that's why you need to introduce your clients to Jilt. Jilt uses proven recovery tactics to rescue that lost revenue. It's an easy win that lets you boost your client's revenue by as much as 15% and it only takes 15 minutes of your time to set up. Jilt fully integrates with WooCommerce, EDD, and Shopify, and you can completely customize the recovery emails that Jilt sends to match your client's branding using its powerful drag-and-drop editor, or by digging into the HTML and CSS. Even better, Jilt's fair pricing means your clients pay only for the customers they actually engage, and you get to earn a cut of that through Jilt's partner program. Whether you have clients that process one sale per month or 10,000 sales per month, be the hero and help them supercharge their revenue with Jilt. Check them out at buildpodcast.net slash Jilt. That's buildpodcast.net 
slash J-I-L-T. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, I am honored to have Peter Hollins as my guest today. Peter, how are you? I'm doing great, Joe. Stoked to uh, be on here. I am stoked to have you on the show. You are the first guest with my brand new audio setup, so this episode should sound more buttery than any previously released episode, which is nice. (laughs) So, uh, well, I'll let you introduce yourself, but uh, I have been subscribed to your YouTube channel for some time now, and I I really enjoy listening to your music, and you obviously released a new product that we're going to talk about as well. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do? Gosh, sure. Let's see. First and foremost, I am a husband and a father. Uh, got a beautiful baby boy. I get to make a living singing on the internet. I consult a couple couple companies that I really care about a lot, uh, like Patreon and Louder, and, and just a bunch of bunch of companies that are really helping the creator revolution. And I recently finally released uh, the beginning of my. Creator Academy to be able to help teach other people who have passion to create for a living how to actually do that. So, I guess a little bit of a little bit of everything. But most people just know me for the dorky guy that makes acapella videos on uh, on the internets. <laughs> well, that is certainly how I found you, and it's really cool to to hear that you're doing like all sorts of other stuff, right? A lot of people take a lot of things at face value, but you mentioned you do some uh, consulting, you do the online courses, which we're going to talk about. I think a, a big lesson of this show has always been, you know, diversify uh, your income streams. And, and it sounds like you're really doing that. Oh, gosh. I think I think it's it's so important for anyone who really does want to make a living as a musician to have their hand in every cookie jar imaginable, whether that's ad revenue, digital sales, physical sales, you know, consulting other musicians, helping you know, songwrite, whatever your skills are, you you need to be part of it because things change so quickly and you never know where uh, where it's going to head and you always need to be diversifying. And I think that's kind of like the role of, of creators moving forward is that we need to be entrepreneurs and you need to think about it in the aspect of building your business in, in that way. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, That's great advice. Have your hand in all of the cookie jars. Something I've been learning over the last couple of years. Uh, I'm recently uh, self-employed, uh, full-time, and so I'm definitely learning that. Congrats. Super duper important. Thank you very much. It's awesome. I picked a really good time to do it. Uh, it was about three months after my daughter was born, so I figure let's introduce some more instability. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Congrats on the daughter. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. So I feel like you know we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We uh, we do a lot of similar things. We we make stuff online. We teach people online. We're both family guys, uh, family men, so I don't get sued. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you you mentioned that the thing that most people know you best for is uh, your your acapella videos. So yeah. maybe we can. Why don't we talk a little bit about that, and then we can kind of segue into sure. uh, your online courses. So. When did you start doing that? I could like look back on the YouTube channel to see when your first video was published, but when did you really start doing the acapella videos? Yeah, yeah. I started playing with it the beginning of 2011. I went full-time about May 2012. And yeah, ever since then, I've just been kind of 
picking up on it and trying to expedite my workflow and and make sure that I have more and more content uh, going all at once. And before I I left for Broadway in in November, I uh, I had twenty eight simultaneous productions being wow. created or finished at, at that time. Now I think I'm more at like. 19 or 18 because I've released so many without being able to work on it when I was stuck in Midtown. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> oh, and I was on Broadway. I got to do 63 shows on Broadway. That's kind of cool, right? Be- having yeah, having the ability to sing on the Broadway stage and sing one of your own creations and even being a really bad songwriter being like a Broadway writer now, which is the <laughs> stupidest thing ever, but whatever. <laughs> Man, well, that I mean, that's awesome too. So you, you, you're kind of doing it all as far as uh, like, producing and putting music out there and stuff like that now man 28 simultaneous videos uh let's i'm gonna i mentioned before we uh we started the show right one of my favorites is your disney villains about well what do you my your recent favorites yeah uh my is your disney villains melody and that's the the one that really pushed me to reach out to you to have you on the show what was it like putting that together like what's the process like because that is a high quality video <laughs> yeah thanks well initially honestly it was it was very conceptual so that's obviously one of the videos where i'm like this is going to be made as well first of all a labor of love because i'm a disney freak but secondly from a business standpoint as a fan acquisition model right like i'm making this because i want it to be found and i want new people to find me and find my face and be like this guy is dorky what else has he made and then hopefully fall down the rabbit hole of of all the other stuff but you know i i had really dabbled in a lot of disney stuff and then and then i'd seen online that there wasn't a lot of homage to the villains and i was like hey what are the best villain songs um i'm going to write them all out and then i said I really need to have one heck of a powerhouse female uh, to do it. And I asked my wife if it was okay if it wasn't her because I always have to ask permission because <laughs> she can sing darn good and she likes doing all that stuff. And I reached out to Whitney who I think has a tremendous following and is incredibly talented. And so then we started talking and brainstorming and she is just as crazy as uh, I am. And so between the two of us, we finalized the concept. Uh, my production team then went to work on finishing the arrangement. And then I, you know, I went, basically I get the arrangements. If we're going to break this down all the way, I'll go for it. I get the arrangements. Yeah. It's it sent to me right over here. I start sight reading everything in the studio off my iPad. I start from the lowest voices up. And so like I'll start bass in the morning. I won't I won't even speak. I'll go into the studio because I am a tenor. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do have some nice low, low notes in the morning when I don't speak. And, uh, you know, sing all the lower lower parts and then baritone and then like tenor five and tenor four and tenor three and tenor two and tenor one. And so I, I finished the entire, the entire song, the background stuff. And then I did like a bunch of rough, rough vocals and I'd send it over to Whitney and I'd be like, does this work for you key wise and blah, 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 blah. And then I got a couple of notes from her saying all my parts, you know, paid for her to go to the studio, get all of her stuff recorded and then edited all that stuff you know from that perspective is tightening the the rhythm and getting mm-hmm. uh, the intonation better because once you add like 110 115 tracks of vocals if they're not pretty pristine in tune it's uh it is a cacophony of madness and doesn't sound good and then yeah mix it master it and and then really conceptualize the video from that point on and in my videos the videos that do the best are the ones that showcase 
how my music is being made because the majority of people that run into me still don't believe that what they're hearing is really all acapella. So unfortunately, I kind of have to stick to that uh, Brady Bunch thing mm-hmm. a little bit. But in this one, I really wanted to surprise the audience and have an element where we break out of that. And so yeah. I came up with the concept of one of the worlds being that of Gaston that we actually go into like the real world. And so try to surprise the audience that all of a sudden on one of those close-ups you then you then pull out of it and all of a sudden you know you're you're in bell's town and you're in that city and so that was something we tried to pull off and then you know and then we actually end up going back into the good old cookie cutter brady bunch thing and that was the whole thing i guess nice so so okay so there's a a couple of follow-up questions i have there well, first of all, I just love asking this question. What uh, what kind of equipment? Like, what's the microphone and stuff that you use? <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of mics in my cabinet right now. I am really loving Telefunken mics. So I actually am lucky enough to have one of 13 unreleased uh, AK-477s. Wow. It's a mic that they started to make, and then they decided was going to actually jeopardize their revenue off of a, their top-end mic. And so... They decided not to release it, and so I have that. And then I have an AR-52 that they made, but I I modified the capsule, so it's it's kind of like a Neumann, but really bright. So I have this really dark vintage sound that I can get out of one of my mics, and then a very bright contrast to that, so that right within, I mean, obviously it's a podcast, but you can, you can see it. So then, like, right in the yeah. proximity of, like, about four inches, I can record one part move my mouth over and record another. And then like I have about six or seven different amps that I go through to modify my instrument because of course, as a one man acapella guy, I only have one, one instrument to play with, but I have a bunch of different things to run it through to slightly adjust it. And then of course, once I'm doing a background part, if I'm like, I'm going to sing like Peter or I'm going to sing like a dramatic opera singer who has been hit in the head with an anvil five times, and then I <laughs> modify where I'm placing my tone, and I do that. And so you have to do a lot of playing around to kind of get a, a really full sound with only one one voice. And so I've had a lot of experience doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, and that's, I mean, one of the fantastic parts of your videos is that you do have a lot of different vocal styles i guess like there are some times where i can't really tell that it's it's you singing and i think one of the other videos that really highlights that is the ultimate aka battle that you did with 10 second songs right you did like yeah. all sorts of different cool voices in that one yeah yeah and, and honestly that's another example of you know a a, a sticky fan acquisition type of a of a concept but a really fun one right i mean all all of those ones that like you make to be shared with the mm-hmm. entire standpoint of like, how do I get somebody that doesn't know me to share this? That's kind of how I build a lot of those from the ground up. And yeah, I mean, that's like fun. It's like, hey, how do I make this song be done in as many genres as possible and just be kooky and cool? And so like, you know, when you go to the visual standpoint of it as well, not just the audio standpoint, it's like, how many ways can I dress up to to back up visually what the person's actually also hearing audio wise? That specific video took way too long to put together. Oh my god! The the acapella the uh, acapella one. Well, both of the ones you brought up actually are uh-huh. very time consuming, but so much yeah. fun, right? I mean, they're right. they're they're great. And the cool thing about the 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 villains medley that you brought up is like 
that actually really succeeded because I was I was at VidCon and we had released it the first day and I have never had a number one trending video and it was number one for like almost a full day and that's pretty pretty cool and pretty cool timing when you're at VidCon with everybody else and you're like oh yeah and my videos right now is trending it's pretty cool so um, uh, nice to meet you also check out my video it's trending it's number one so <laughs> man yeah that's that's awesome. And you mentioned the costumes, right? So another like weird question that I had about this is like, do you do you rent the costumes or like do you have like a closet full of like Disney prints? I costumes definitely. <laughs> well, actually, the answer to that is a yes, but okay. that's also because we build some of them and then we do rent some of them. So it just depends okay. on how quickly I need them. If they do exist somewhere that I can rent them, and if they don't, then like, can I afford to build it really quickly? You know, and some of the times the costumes are like super legit where you could take them to like a, a, a cosplay convention and look like mm-hmm. totally legit. And yeah. other times it is so cheap and so crappy and horrible and it looks great on camera. But if you were in the room, you'd be like, why are you wearing this? But, you know, in the <laughs> end, it it's it only depends on what the the lens sees. So that's the right, right. that's the beauty of the camera sometimes. Yeah, that's awesome. So the videos that we just talked about are super time consuming, as you mentioned, sounds intimidating to somebody who maybe wants to start on the path that you have. There are videos that you have where you just kind of like get in front of a mic and then like, like, like your um, the Ed Sheeran Game of Thrones video. Like, what was it like shooting that was that seemed like it was like one longer shot. Was it a little bit easier to shoot than like the Disney villains one? So the hands of gold one where where Ed. Yeah, yeah. So audio-wise, that was more tricky because we really only heard like I think 46 seconds or 47 mm-hmm. seconds of actual material. So trying to come up with a concept where I could elongate that to make it an actual song and utilize the words and still be able to pay the publisher money for the lyrics that I didn't own and then not change the composition so much that uh, I would get in trouble and still be able to offer it to someone and be like, this is a full song, even though it wasn't a full song when we started. That yeah. that that was time consuming. But the actual like layering of that, because it, it, it is so, I guess, simple, I could say, to the ear anyway, you know, like maybe there was only like 36 or 38 or 40 tracks of vocals on that, which is mm-hmm. very few for me. But yeah, that was much, much quicker. And even from a visual standpoint of just doing the cloning where pretty much you set up a, a tripod, you don't cross, you know, and then you just feather between this fifth and this fifth and this mm-hmm. fifth and this fifth. And so pretty much that video was shooting in 4K, pulling in close on a 1080 and then like zooming in digitally back and forth. So that was actually pretty easy. But, you know, the, the reason why that video did well was actually also a, I, I kind of like have these like fan acquisition videos and then I have these like passion videos and it goes in between yeah. the two and I kind of like... In my head, I'm like, my mana pool is this bit, this much. And if I keep doing fan acquisition videos, I start turning into like a zombie and I don't care about my life. Mm-hmm. And then I do like right. something that I love, like whatever, if it's a folk song original and, it, and I get refilled again. It's like a dorky yeah, gamer. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think it. But like, <laughs> and but this was cool because you 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 take an Ed Sheeran song, Ed Sheeran name and SEO and song, which is because it's Ed, so everybody likes right. it. Except for the Game right. of Thrones people, whatever. But anyway, and then you and, and then you you mix it with Game of Thrones, which is another fandom uh, trend. And then you hit it while it is a trend, and so then that actually in and of itself becomes something that's shareable. And so that was a that was a win win from a I lucked out and it was topical, and I happened to watch the 
you know, the episode right when it came out. And so it was kind of just moving on it quickly. It was funny because, like, as soon as the episode – because I actually watched that one live instead of just watching it later like I usually do because I have no time. Uh, And as soon as it came on, my buddy who was in the room, I looked at him and I was like, I I have to do this. He's like, you don't have to. Come on. It's gimmick. I was like, no, no, I have to. I have to. It's Ed Sheeran and he's singing a melody that's pretty. I have to do it. Like, I have to. I'm doing it. (laughs) And so Uh, then we moved on that that and that was fun. Cool. So, I mean, we talked a lot about your your video, uh, your kind of putting together your videos. I happen to mention, I guess, three fan acquisition ones. So maybe what's what's one of your passion ones? I don't want to keep like shooting. shooting oh, sure. Yeah. You know. I mean, honestly, I I'm a huge fan of folk songs. So mm-hmm. you know, stuff like uh, uh, Shenandoah or Loch nice. Lomond or yeah. you know, I mean, anything that like Irish. Descent. And like I just I just love that stuff because it's pure and the melody's there and I'm yeah. I'm a huge balladeer I like singing just pretty pretty ballads and right now like in the pop world and, and like the that's not a popular thing and so right. anytime there's anything that falls in line where uh, that works like that at Sharing One I jump on it but yeah it, uh, I want to bring popular old folk songs back you know, the ones that were popular like a century ago. And I want to offer mm-hmm. it to my audience who have most likely never heard it because they've started following me because of all the other songs you already mentioned. Right. I like I like making beautiful versions of that and then showing it to them. And hopefully I actually get to turn like, you know, a fifth of them on to music that I find to be very beautiful and that and that that moves me or, you know, you know, even doing something more along like. Christmas music or or spiritual stuff that I I find is beautiful and 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 moves me and and may or may not be something that normal person would click on but since they see my name and they and they they go oh oh come oh come Emmanuel maybe I'm not Christian maybe I've never gone to church but I want to hear what Peter did with it and be like wow that's actually really pretty I, I love that I love yeah. helping people stumble upon music that they might not have ever listened to and so that's one of the things I love about being so eclectic and always having been so eclectic where like. You could listen to my Pandora and you could hear a Skyrim Skyrim theme or Star Wars. And then all of a sudden you could hear, you know, The Prayer by Andre Bocelli or Jason Mraz or Disney Villains Medley. And I think that's fun. And, you know, a lot of artists would be like, you're not a real artist. I'm like, well, I am. And I'm making a terrific income. And I I get to do and make music that I want. And anytime I write an original, I have millions of people that could listen to it. Do you, can you say the same thing? Because right. I don't think you can. And so I mean, it's it's funny. And so I'm trying to, I'm stealing your podcast over. But that's one of the reasons why the guest. I want to yeah. be able to, I want to be able to teach all the things I've learned the last seven eight years to people, and not just musicians, but be like, you know, these are this is how you build your business. This is how you can build your career on whatever product you're making, whether you're a musician or whether you're an animator, or whether you like vlogging or doing Minecraft videos or podcasts or. You know, I mean, there's we have so much possibility. There's no excuses anymore. And I just want people to wake up and realize it because there's just like right now we're just such whiners. You get out of college or maybe you don't have enough money to go to college or maybe you messed up around high school and you never had the chance. But everybody's just like all these excuses. I'm like, but the Internet's there. You can learn anything you want now by typing it in and watching and learning and doing Hey everybody, I want to take a moment here to tell you about Event Espresso. If you need an excellent event management system for your WordPress site, look no further than Event Espresso. 
The out-of-the-box event registration and ticketing plugin for WordPress is now powering over 40,000 event websites, $100 million in ticket sales per year. If you need a stable, well-built, and highly supported event ticketing platform for your WordPress website, look no further than Event Espresso. They're a great supporter of the show. They make an incredible product. You can check them out over at buildpodcast.net slash events. That's buildpodcast.net slash events. Now, back to the show. Yep. And so let's, man, let's dive right into that. We both make online courses for stuff and so you have a relatively new, at the time of this recording, website called Creator Academy. Is that right? Yeah, it's 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 my last name, Holland's Creator Academy. Yeah. That, I thought that would be the best way to 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 launch launch it. But initially, you know, we're, we're, it's a it's a mat- macro course that basically teaches anyone making anything that to how to really how to really do it. And we cover everything from production to licensing to building a community to how to pick your content, how to start like everything and it's it's a lot it's a lot but it's like really 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 high production we have illustrations and animations and it's a three camera shoot and all the audio's been mastered and i'm already teaching at universities and if you can take it at universities and get credit for it and pay you know upwards of a thousand dollars and you should pay a hundred dollars and take it from me and start living your dream you silly person listening to this but other than that like (laughs) i'm really excited about going way more in depth on just teaching people video and just teaching people audio and, you know, like the person helping my video course, like every single person that's going to be teaching these courses are people who are simultaneously doing it, right? Like somebody right. is going to be teaching it who has millions of followers or has made millions of dollars doing this thing, right? And so it's it's not like you're being taught by a teacher, but you're being taught by the person who is still doing it. And I'll be constantly updating the course. So it's like, I just read six books and now I'm going to teach you right. like tell you how to do something that I actually really don't know how to do, but I'm really good at telling you because I'm an internet marketer and I'm going to make you pay $1,500 for it. I'm like, I those people kill me. Right, right. And and I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, people that say those who can't do teach, but in, in your case, you are doing it and then teaching people how you do it. Yeah. I wanted, I, I mean, I'm totally fine telling people I failed at school. I failed at school. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a choral director. My choral director you know, might have saved my life. And I wanted to be able to give that back to kids, right? But then I just, I couldn't pull it off. It's not in my genes to be able to pay attention in a normal school setting. I'm too ADHD. I don't have the capability. It wasn't, I'm, I don't fit the cookie cutter mold. And so I, I, it was a dream I gave up. And then about 18 months ago, I was just like bound to determine to do this. And so I've been researching and developing this initial product and this course and out of all the companies that I advise, I have all these amazing CEOs that are on my board of advisors that are able to guide me along the way and teach me that, no, I can't start an education company and make it a nonprofit because I won't be able to make a difference because this world is built on capitalism. And yes, I have to charge something. And yes, I need to make money so I can pay my employers to make more content, make it. But so I'm learning a lot. And so the ethos and the heart that I want to have can still live on through the capitalistic crappy world that we have to live in. But I want to teach people how to make a living and make a difference in the world doing what they love because the more people doing what they love is is really honestly the only way I see us normal people, <laughs> normal people. I'm still bound to determine that we can still change the world and I'm never going to give that up because what kind of life is, is that to leave? But th- that we can actually make the world a better place by allowing people to follow their passions and their ambitions and and inspiring people doing what they love. And so I want to help them 
do that. And and the coolest thing is like now now that it's out there and seeing all of my students and <clears throat> seeing my class fill up uh, like at the University of Oregon that's starting on Monday in two hours and and, and like just seeing how p- excited people are. It's yeah, it's crazy, and it also and it just pushes me even more to b- build more and make make more content and and get m- more incredibly intelligent artists and creators on there to help teach other people and and just like try to exponentially do it. But oh my gosh, it's a lot of work, but it's so addicting and fun. Yeah, right. It it's a crazy amount of work. You're obviously passionate about it, which I mean, I don't think anybody would be able to do something with that in, includes this much work without being passionate about it. But uh, it also sounds like you have a, a team of people, right? So I oh, usually gosh, interview yeah. I usually interview programmers. We're very much like we'll do it ourselves, field of dreams marketing. My online course platform is built on WordPress and I built that cuz I'm a programmer. Okay. I'm wondering now if I could just like sometimes I'm like I should have just used like Teachify or something, but I like owning the platform. So when you built out Holland's Creator Academy, yeah. is this uh is this a platform that you own or did you use something like Teachable or whatever or So initially oh, I already deleted it because I was upset, but initially <laughs> <laughs> initially I, I had uh, an entire app built. I wanted it to be mobile, I wanted it to be gamified, I wanted it to be like built on a community elements and like have this entire thing that isn't isn't out there wasn't wasn't available and still isn't available and I know now why is because it's so dang hard and costs so much to to build a mobile app but I I had it had it set up so like the more you engage the more you were rewarded with badges and those badges were you know connected to like B and H discounts and like uh, creative nice. Adobe Creative Crowd like you know so it, it all right. worked in the end I realized that even though that model is awesome and all those things are great. It's just fluff on top of the fact that like it has to work and it has to deliver to all these different people on all these different platforms, whether or not they're on Android or iOS or on their iPad or on their desktop. And I I learned quickly that like I couldn't build it because I didn't have enough money. And if my functionality was around 65%, that's completely and totally not okay. And so, right. yeah, I, I I have a... A front end that's that's like built and and adjustable. So I have a programmer like you on my on my side to adjust it and make it unique. But I'm currently using multiple platforms with you know like Kajabi and like the infrastructure to be able to just deliver it and have it work right. And yes. still learning, still learning the best of what else is out there. And I'm like playing around with everything right now to see what's what's best but lucky enough i do have my own designer and i do have my have my own programmer and i want to be able to make it 100 percent unique to me but it just such is such an incredible sigh of relief just be like this just works for everybody all the content's up there you can watch all 78 episodes and you're having no problem this is lovely you know because like running support for even my beta group of 115 people i was just like oh wow yeah can't can't make it from scratch like like why go to market with a ferrari you have to go to market with your little tiny little tricycle that that barely works but like right then you learn right and then and so yeah i knew i should have done that but i still got too big for my britches and thought i could <laughs> follow but you know you know that's why i'm stubborn and you you learn and you move forward yeah absolutely and and so you mentioned like it just works. People get to consume the content. That's the main reason that you created this. So what was it? Li- I mean, you have a you have a teaching background. 
what was it like putting together the curriculum, right? Because that's, I think a, a lot of people will just go, I'll make an online course and they'll just like kind of talk at. Oh my gosh, yeah. They they won't like structure it pedagogically, right? To use that educational word in a way that aids learning. So like, what was it like building the curriculum from your end? First and foremost, it was a, it was a huge, huge learning lesson because my first intuition was just to like, Blah, 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 and th- and right. vomit it all out there, but but thankfully I took the advice of people who had been doing this for over a decade and I I structured it all out right. So I initially vomited and then I and then I organized <laughs> and then I organized and then I got somebody else to organize because goodness to gracious I am not the best organizer and and then I had you know I had a, a professor to look over it and then I had other people who make you know, eight figures doing this to look over. And so it was great that I was like, okay, I have this all written out in, in like these modules that make sense in this order. And and the cool thing now when I've created online for for anyone and then taking it to like a university and, and making it work in their quarterly system and looking at the benefits of the two is now that when I get through this first term of teaching it at universities, I'll be able to A and B and see what works best for for both and then make like a hybrid. And so I'm really excited about about that. So it's just honestly, it's just constantly lear- constantly learning. But yeah, it is very streamlined and I'm never going to stop trying to make it better. And that's the best thing about about always wanting to get feedback from people and always trying to better the product because it, it can always get better, right? Yeah, absolutely. I taught for a while I taught an intro to computers class that all freshmen at the University of Scranton had to take. And uh, somebody like made a comment to me. They're like, oh, so you could take on a couple more classes, right? Intro to computers is basically on autopilot for you now. You've been teaching it for a couple of years. And I'm like, no, it's not. I like I redo that course every semester, basically, because it's so important. It's like freshmen who don't care about the material. They have to take it. But it's like how to be a good Internet citizen, basically. You know, like, don't talk on the phone when you're also, like, giving your sandwich order at the deli. Like, <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of professors, they have the same thing that they've been teaching for 10 years, and they don't revamp it. And that's, like, that's a little disheartening to me. But the cool thing about teaching in the classroom as well as online is you get to see people's faces, right? Like, uh, as you say something you you realize like what sticks and what doesn't it and and it's really nice to bring that feedback loop back to your online courses as well yeah cool exactly uh, yeah absolutely so you mentioned that you have 78 videos is that all is that like one big course or is it like a couple of courses with like different tracks or whatever yes it's 76 i said 78 because i forgot <laughs> but yeah so it's 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 as micro as i could some of like the more Intro to production of video and audio are a little bit longer because you can't get through anything that fast in right. either audio or video. But yeah, they're like usually between four and and fifteen minute um, digestible lessons with illustrations and animation. And I mean, it all sounds good. It all unfortunately looks good because you're staring at my face, which doesn't look that good, but you know, gotta love shooting in 4K. Uh, and you're like, God dang it, I'm almost 40. But um, yeah, I think mean, it's a good, it's a good, I think it's a really good, like, first time, first lesson for someone who has never, who's never made it as far as me making it. And then I think it also is a, a really incredible offering to the general public. And so I forgot your yeah. question because I'm ADD. 
Uh, that was that was. Is it like broken up into different subject matters? And so my my follow up question uh, to that is now we are coming up on on time, but I do want to ask you if I were to start today, like uh, what's the experience like? Do you re- do you ha- say like here's where you start, or do you say like here's my catalog, pick where you want to start? Sure. So to actually answer your question that you asked that I didn't. It's built out exactly like that. So the first module is where to start. That's the title. Nice. We 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 you know, and then we take you through like four or five lessons that exactly how to do that. And then it goes into like my philosophy that I believe saves people years on their journey and actually gets them off their freaking butt to start and fail. And yes, fail, because you out there listening, if you haven't started, you want to fail. You've been taught that failing is bad. It's actually very good because then you learn and you improve, right? So it's it's where to start, reverse engineering your big idea, becoming self-taught, creating your content, production like audio and video. I go through everything, how to distribute your content, why you have to collaborate. So the power of collaboration, building, engaging your community, because if you don't have a community, you don't have a career, and you don't have an infrastructure to succeed and be able to continue it forever. And then leveraging social media. So like that's could be its own 50-hour thing, but it's it's as, it's concise <laughs> and it's as important the, like the four or five specific ones that you have to pay attention to. Then monetizing essentials because you need to make money, and then building building your dream and blah blah. It's a bunch of, like there's obviously it's a little bit of like get off your butt and go at the at the beginning and end. Then a lot of concrete. These are the things you have to put into action mm-hmm. in the middle, right? Because anyway, and so that and, and for right. me and for me, like putting myself back to the. 2011 me that like was just dabbling in this like i would give anything to be taught this from me in 2011 because i would now be so much more successful (laughs) and skip so many problems and errors but you know everybody thinks that their course is great but i'm I'm super excited i i and, and the coolest thing is that like i'm just so super pumped to make this one better and make tons of other ones that are more specific exactly the, to, to the needs of my community. And the coolest thing about having millions of followers is that you can, you can pull them and you can crowdsource what do they want and what do, what, what do you want to you know, create and so that my R&D is quick and free and I, I, get, to, yeah. I get to just create it then. So it's, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. So, okay, I'll have two more questions for you then. Uh, the big one that I like to ask everybody at the end of every show. But uh, we kind of skipped the research question because we were talking about like so much other stuff. But so you mentioned that a lot of your research just now comes from your millions of followers. How do you determine like what is good and what's bad, right? Because you're going to have people who are like, Somebody comment. I have like four YouTube followers, and somebody commented and was like, "Bro, we're like 15 minutes in, and you haven't even started the demo yet." And I'm like, "That's very good feedback. Thank you." Like, how do you weed out the the bad stuff and and know what's a good idea to run with? Yeah, what I tell people is that you are always going to have like top of the funnel and bottom of the funnel. Like the top is like, "Oh my god, you're so amazing! Like you changed my life." And I, I like I'll 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 take that and like the you know what what you're doing is save my life and like that's amazing i can't really like let it sink in because it doesn't make sense to me as an individual mm-hmm. it's just a dorky dad making music but like if it has <laughs> awesome and then i ignore the stuff at the bottom is like oh my god you're so stupid like you're the worst singer in the world i hate your face i want to like come and blah you know like there's just horrible stuff i think mean, that you have polar opposites right. but then there's so much great stuff in the, in the middle and it behooves every single creator on the internet to to pay attention to what your community is saying and read your comments 
And and some people are too vulnerable and too emotional to, to do that. But I think there is so much gold in there that you need to. And also, truthfully, in my opinion, that if you're building the kind of community that's going to help you succeed for life, that you're going to be creating and fostering a community that isn't just going to be a bunch of trolls. Unless you are a troll and that's how you get your following, like some people out there right. that I'm not going to name that are very popular in, in the <laughs> uh, general public right now for apologizing for doing horrible stunts. But anyway – you know, you want to create and foster that community. And, and if you do, and if you put yourself out there and you're making that positive, inspiring, family-friendly stuff that, that your, your resounding loop of, of communication on all that social media is going to be so beneficial for you to pay attention to, whether it's you reading it or your team reading it and getting feedback, that's so important. So, right, polls and all that stuff is, is great, but just reading the comments is important as well. But also to answer your question on the research level, it behooves you to always find those five to ten people in your niche, in your vertical that are succeeding and surviving and thriving online and see what they're doing, how they're innovating, how they're making their money, how are they talking to their community, how are they running their business, and that you need to take that and you need to copy that, like literally steal everything they're doing that's working and make it your own. And steel is such a terrible world, but guess what? Word is, is it, it has all these negative connotations, but that's what humans have been doing for centuries, and that's why we are so successful because we learn from each other. And honestly, being copied is one of the biggest compliments you can possibly ever have. And as like, God, was it Mozart said? It's like good, good artist, good artist steel, steel. Uh, good artist, artist copy, great artist great steel. Artist steel yeah. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And everything in the world is a remix. So like, get over yourself and start doing that all the time. And so I pay attention to those people and that I see in different verticals and in different industries that are the best. And I, I copy their ideas because I'm maybe never, and maybe I could be like at, at, at something like the first person to do something and great for me if I do that. But like, I want to be the fastest early adopter of every new innovation as possible like, I, I, that I possibly can. And why, and that's why it behooves me to always have my tentacles out there and why it's so important for me to be advising all these different companies so I can talk to these brilliant people that have graduated from Yale and Stanford and all these different industries and be like, what's going on? What's, what, what's happening? Who should I be following? What should I be reading? What should I – and then I, I – I, that's, that's my research, right? So not only do I have my, my amazing supporters – because they're not fans. I, if I said fans, I, it was an accent because I hate that word. <laughs> but I, I have them to listen to and and, and speak with and, and communicate with. But then at the same time, I have this like amazing ability to talk to these uh, CEOs that I should never have the ability to. But I feel so fortunate. And then like I use Facebook and all these different uh, social media platforms to basically filter out and listen to just the people I want. Like. I don't even really follow my wife on Facebook. I've like unfollowed <laughs> all of my friends. I've unfollowed people that don't really provide value directly back to me to be able to succeed. And that sounds really rude and like rough and like disheartening, but like I don't have an, enough time to do that. And if I want to talk to them, I'll text them. I'll, you know. Right. I, yeah. I think, that's, I think, I, I, yeah. I, I know think, exactly. I think what you Instagram mean. is yeah. the only thing I actually have that's like just my friends and family, which is why it's the right. only place where I only follow like 150 people. But right. everything else is like, I want to pay attention to the thought leaders, right? Like if I want to know what's going on in VR and AR, I'm listening to just Robert Scoble and like a couple of his friends. And if I want to listen to what's going on in, in crowdfunding, I'm listening to just just Jack Conti. Thank God because he's the CEO of Patreon and he's brilliant yeah. and I have a man crush on him. But like thankfully I, I, <laughs> I advise that company so I can text him anytime. But you have all these different people to listen to and I only listen to them. And like when you get their posts, you actually read them. Because it's teaching you. And so instead of me necessarily picking up a book that's been written, 
and published. By the time it's been published and, and written, a lot of the information's too late because that's how quickly everything's changing and innovating now. And so I just read everything from blogs and people's f- Facebook posts and tweets, and that's how I do my R&D. Man, that's uh, man. I love that because uh, let me tell you, I get I get caught up pretty easily in like the Twitter fodder of my friends. But I gratuitously use mutes and filters now for tweet bots. You have like to a godsend. But oh yeah, no, I, I've been using yeah. I've been using TweetDeck forever, and I I only it's like you know I follow my fans because it makes them happy and it and it and it, and like it makes them feel really like special that day or maybe that week or maybe for some reason longer than that, but. I I'm only following the people that I've put into like you know if I could turn this around right. and show everybody it's like right. the literally the private thing that I have that says people that I follow or it's and it's just the people that are providing value back to my life that I need to pay attention to because you know and it's not like it's just business but like it's emotional and like overall too so it doesn't sound like I'm just like some like cretin that only is trying to but anyway you know <laughs> no, what I mean no, I'm trying I, to yeah I know exactly what you mean and that's that's i mean if we're going to talk about social media for a minute that's that's an important thing to do because studies recent studies are showing that people are more depressed being on social media oh my god you can't you can't yeah listen like if you are following people that you presumably care about how like why are you depressed right like because i have 900 friends i talk to like 50 on a regular basis like that's a vanity metric so Again, I like unfollow. I feel bad like unfriending people on Facebook, so I just like unfollow a bunch of people. Yeah, of but... course. No, same. <laughs> same. But uh you know, and most you have of my to. feet are yeah. Right. I think it's I think it make it's 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 for a healthier life if you do. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's the same thing that we've been told always growing up, right? Only surround yourself with the people that are that help you be a better person, right? And that should right. be the same dang thing on your digital self, right? We have our physical self and we have right. our digital self. And what you're taking on digitally is just as important as whoever you're inviting to your dinner at your house. You don't want right. to be caught up in a bunch of drama. You don't want to be caught up in a bunch of gossip. There's nothing positive that ever comes of that. So the same stuff happens digitally. Because honestly, if like somebody you look up to or you someone you want to be or look up to and you know for a fact that like what they're putting out there is like this fake life. Like, don't you surround yourself with that? Like, right. And that's what this whole like fake loophole is. It is right. You go down to Starbucks or whatever. L- I'm going to use LA as an example because I think it ran- runs rampant there. But like, people <laughs> are only using their social media to 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 create this fake life for themselves to make themselves feel better so they can get likes and comments. And I'm like, don't follow those people if you know who right. those people are. Like. You 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 got to do what's best for you. What makes you feel good? Does it make you feel right. good to follow the the like the cutest dog Twitter on Instagram? Then do that. Like yep. th- like create your your endorphin because this is us, right? We pick up our phone. We're like, how do I get my endorphin hit? Like make right, your endorphin yeah. hit like positive for your life, not like oh I wish I was that person. Oh I wish I was in Hawaii. Yeah. Oh look at how cool that person is driving his yep. Ferrari. And if that's what you want, like we could yep. talk about money and fame and how that's stupid anyway but, but hey you should stop your podcast now because we're well over your time limit <laughs> we are but i need to ask you one more question Hit and it. that is do you have any trade secrets for us trade secrets did i not give you any just already but uh you gave like a million but i always like to ask this because the guest always says trade secrets like you just said and that's like my favorite part of the show got you trade secrets sure you want to know a trade secret it's 2018. Stop paying attention to 
anything other than attention. You want people's attention. You don't care about likes. You don't care about subscribers. You don't care about anything. You care about getting that person in Indiana, Joe, with his four siblings and whatever. You want Joe to watch you for 22 minutes because after he has, he's going to follow you to the end of the earth because you provided value to his life, right? If, if you're creating valuable things into the world, whatever you're creating, you want that person to watch you for that amount of time and you want them to fall in love with you, fall in love with you the person, not you, the product. So be a person first, a product second, and like attention is the metric you pay attention to. That is powerful. That is, man, see, there was like a pause there, but that is excellent, right? It doesn't, likes are a vanity metric, right? Retweets are a vanity metric. How many people are engaged with you? That's really what you want, right? Because that's the people who are going to buy your course or continue to really promote what you're doing. So, man, that was an excellent trade secret. So I'm, I'm really glad I asked that question. Peter, thank you so much for joining me today. I had an absolute blast talking to you. Thanks, Joe. Nice to talk to you, too. Yeah. So where can people find you before I sign off? Oh, gosh. Everywhere on the internet. No, PeterHollins.com is like me. But if you want to learn how to do what you love for a living, you have to go to the Creator Academy. I want to teach you. All right. Uh, That's <laughs> HollinsCreatorAcademy.com, right? <laughs> yes. H-O-L-L-E-N-S, CreatorAcademy.com. Excellent. Yeah. I will link that in the show notes. Yeah. I can, I, and I can give you like just just for Joe, like a special discount just for your your listeners too, if you want. I would love that. Uh, that, that would be, be fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much for that. Uh, and thanks to Peter for joining me. That code is going to be build it. That's B-U-I-L-D-I-T. Uh, it's good for 25% off. Head over to buildpodcast.net slash Hollands to take advantage. What you heard is just a small fraction of what Peter has to offer, uh, so definitely check it out. I am taking the course right now, and it is so great so far. Uh, and thanks again to our sponsors. Make sure to check them out. Liquid Web for managed WordPress hosting. I use them on all of my important sites. They are that good. And recently, they rolled out managed WooCommerce hosting too. They're over at buildpodcast.net slash liquid. If you want to save your clients or yourself money through recovering abandoned carts, check out Jilt. They're over at buildpodcast.net slash Jilt. And finally, if you need amazing event management for WordPress, check out Event Espresso over at buildpodcast.net slash events. For all of the show notes, head over to howibuilt.it slash 65. That's howibuilt.it slash 65. And finally, if you like the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It helps people discover us. And until next time, get out there and build something. <laughs>